This is Rock and Roll English. Real people, real English. Here's your host, Martin Johnston. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Rock and Roll English. Episode number 271, baby. Oh yeah. In today's episode, we are continuing with the episodes with other podcasters, YouTubers, and today we have an absolute belter. Okay, I've used this term a few times to say a fantastic episode, and this really is a fantastic episode because we speak to Alistair from English Learning for Curious Minds. Okay, he has a fantastic podcast that obviously as well helps people learn English and he does episodes or he makes episodes about weird and wonderful things okay and he has lots of strange facts on the episode so today we have a look at some of them but the thing I found most interesting is the fact that we look at the stories as well so not just a fact but the stories and you know Rock and Roll English is all about stories. So enjoy these stories. I know I certainly did. And I will talk to you again at the end. But in the meantime, happy listening. Hello, Alistair, and welcome to Rock and Roll English. Hi, Martin. Great to be here. Thanks for having me on the show. Great to have you. Um, I came across you actually the other day where I was looking for research about how... um, podcasts and help with your speaking and I saw a fantastic article that you wrote saying um, how podcasts help you to speak another language and the science to back it up and I thought wow this man I need to contact him he is my kind of guy uh, um, excellent I'm, I'm thrilled you found that article um, yeah I mean I'm a huge advocate a huge fan of how podcasts can help people learn languages um and there's it's just they can be used in so many different ways so uh i i i definitely i'm glad that you found that out um and uh, yeah i i'll I, be very happy to share that article with anyone who's who's interested in reading it yeah definitely going to have that in the show notes um so you obviously have a podcast as well called leonardo english and it says English learning for curious minds. And immediately I saw that and I was like, oh, wow. I, I think everyone likes to say they have a curious mind, don't they? So I kind of thought, wow, this this looks interesting. Um, had a look as well. And it said a new episode about a weird and wonderful subject. So all of the episodes are about things that are weird and wonderful. And I thought, this guy is rock and roll. He has to come on the podcast um, so um, I saw you've got lots of different episodes about lots of different things, all weird and wonderful subjects. So we've got some facts to talk about today. Well, you've got some facts for us, haven't you, Alistair? I do. Yes. Uh, you, you said, uh, can you share some interesting nuggets of information, some fun facts from some of your episodes? So I've gone, I've gone back through the uh, the, the catalog of episodes. Uh, I've actually got a few categories of um, kind of different uh, facts or interesting things that I thought might appeal to the listeners of Rock and Roll English, given what you or what you told me about them. So um, I, I can tell you the categories actually, and maybe you can you, we can have a game where you you kind of pick um, uh, pick a fact from a category. Um, so I've got one. Uh, my first category, which I think we should start with, is on is on rock and roll. 
Um, okay. Wow. Uh, I've got uh, I've got a um, a category on kind of Britain because I guess people who are uh, listening to this podcast are probably interested in British history and kind of weird things about Britain. Um, there's also one in there about about poo, which I I hear uh, features features quite a lot on this podcast. Um, it does. There is uh, there's a category on uh, uh, on Italy. Or in fact, Britain and Italy, because I know we both have uh, an Italian connection. Um, and there's a there's a, a category on clothes because I just finished uh, researching a, a series on fashion, and another category on just kind of general weird and fun facts. Um, so there, there wow. you go. Those are my categories of um, of things we can talk about. They sound like some pretty good ca- categories. I'm looking forward to this because. I love a good fact. And I mean, I've got about three good facts that I like to share. And when I do, and then people say like, oh, wow, I kind of walk away thinking I'm Einstein kind of thing. So um, hopefully today is going to give me a few more to to add to my three. Um, so, OK, so what was the one you said we should start with? Which category? Uh, I guess rock and roll, given this is, uh, this okay, is rock and yep, roll English. OK, let Let's go. So, Let's go. Uh, let me start with a, a question for you, then, Martin. If I uh, mm-hmm. if I say the phrase "fool's gold" to you, what do you what do you think about? I think of a band called the Stone Roses. <laughs> okay, uh, so so that is the I guess the connection that most people make, um, and in fact, that was the connection I first made until I Googled it again this morning and realized that One Direction apparently also have a song called Fool's Gold. Anyway, <laughs> wow. perhaps that shows uh, shows our age. Um, but uh, th- what I wanted to talk to you about was um, Fool's Gold and Elvis. So uh, okay. your, your your listeners may know that um, another name of uh, another name for Elvis Presley was the king of rock and roll. Um, and he he had a famously bad diet. Right, he um, he loved junk food, mm-hmm. and one thing in particular he loved was something called fool's gold loaf, and this is a uh, is a sandwich, um, and uh, and I'm going to describe what goes into the sandwich. Uh, it is a, a big loaf of bread, hollowed out in the middle, so they make a hole in the middle, and in it um, they put one jar of creamy peanut butter, one whole jar, one whole jar, yeah. So that's whatever right. it is. 400 grams or something um one jar of um of jam of, of jelly um and a pound so it's about half a kilo of bacon um sorry and he ate this that's that's a sandwich for one person to eat this like loaf of bread with one jar of peanut butter like jelly and all of this he ate that himself indeed it's it's eight thousand calories um, right. Which uh, yeah, I think the daily allowance, for, the daily recommended amount for a grown man is two and a half thousand or something. But but not only that, he he discovered this sandwich, which was um, uh, kind of created in a restaurant in Colorado. And there's one story about him um, getting hungry in the middle of the in the middle of the night and chartering his his private jet. Um, and going with a few friends all the way to Colorado. It's about two two hour flights just to get one of these sandwiches. And apparently they were they were there drinking Perrier and champagne. They bought thirty of these sandwiches and then flew back. Uh, flew back in the morning. <laughs> I mean, when you get hungry in the night. I mean, luckily this doesn't happen to me because 
you know, if I wake up in the night, for me, it's like I need to go to the toilet. But my tactic is go back to sleep. And then because the toilet seems like one million miles away, mm. like in the night. So I think go back to sleep. Like the idea of thinking I'm hungry. And, you know, if that were to happen to me, I would think like, oh, like go downstairs, like make something. That's good. That's a lot of energy. But to take a two hour flight, I mean, even if it's like your private jet or whatever it is that's a lot of effort to go to to get a sandwich isn't it you've got to be you really want that sandwich i mean i i I guess this is just an example of how much elvis loved junk food and uh uh, yes he 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 really loved the fool's gold gold loaf um and he went a long way to get it um so i mean i often feel bad and think if i'm eating some like food which is not so good i think maybe my diet's not so good um, and I've always actually thought of Elvis and thought, you know, he died when he was not so old. So maybe this will happen to me. But this story's actually made me feel a bit better because I don't go anywhere near those levels of junk food. Like, yeah, my idea of a junk food was like last night I had a pizza, um, <laughs> not putting a jar of peanut butter in a loaf of bread and eating it. Yeah, I I, I think a um, an 8000 calorie sandwich in one sitting is uh, is a swift is a, is, is a swift route to um, to an early grave. Absolutely, uh, wow. Okay, so we've got the rock and roll one covered. I mean, I'm going to have to ask you straight away. As soon as you said it, I mean, you listed different categories, but the one that jumped into my mind was poo. I just thought I have to. We have to go to this because it. We might not have time for all of them, but we have to find the time for the poo category. Okay. Um, all right. So. Uh, the the uh, the the one that's in the poo category is about something called the great stink. Uh, now, for for <laughs> perfect name, yeah, for, poo, yeah. Yeah. For, for for your listeners, you don't know what stink means. It's it's like a really bad bad smell. Um, and this refers to a time in London um, in July and August of eighteen fifty eight. So uh, about one hundred fifty mm-hmm. years ago. Um, essentially where the the Thames River, so the big river that runs through the middle of London, um, was so filled up with um, essentially like human excrements and sewage, and it combined with a heat wave. Uh, so about this time of year, 150, whatever it was, 160 something years ago, 164 years ago, um, combined with a heat wave, uh, where the temperatures got up to uh, 35 degrees in the shade, 50 degrees in the uh, in the sun, and 50 degrees in England. Uh, yeah, like a massive heat wave. <laughs> wow. Um, and uh, the, the essentially the whole of the Thames was so blocked up with um, like human excrements, uh, poo essentially, uh, and like, waste from uh, from an entire city. That the whole thing just blocked, um, and the, the whole the, the river just blocked because it was just full of the, poo. The river just completely blocked, and the smell was so bad um, that people had to leave the city. There's a there's a story of right. there's a story of um, of, of Queen Victoria um, and uh, and her husband um, Prince Albert um, trying to go down the the Thames um, like uh, while this was happening uh, on like a pleasure cruise. And she took a bouquet of flowers to hold under her nose to try and kind of stop the smell. Um, but it was so bad, they, they went for a couple of minutes and had to turn around. 
Um, so, yeah, abandon ship. Uh, the poo's too uh, much. Let's go. Exactly. The the, the one uh, the one sort of uh, I guess bit of good news from this story is it uh, is it made the the city of London really rethink how uh, sewers were dealt with. And so London London's right. got a pretty amazing sewer network sewer network now, and that all comes from after this uh, great stink of um, of, of eighteen fifty eight. The Great Stink, like you hear of these, you know, the Great Depression, yeah. you know, of things like this, but <laughs> the Great Stink, and it changed London, exactly, it changed the city, yeah. And, and so you kind of, uh, I guess, it's hard for us to imagine now because even though people might complain that London might be a bit smelly with cars or you know certain parts that don't smell so nice, uh, it's it's absolutely nothing compared to this uh, this Great Stink. Yeah, I mean, and just in case anyone's ever thinking of jumping in the river. Don't. Don't, basically, yeah. <laughs> uh, fantastic, wow. I mean, yeah, I'm not sure, though, it, if I'll be using that one at the party. Maybe after a few drinks when I'm drunk, then I'll, then I'll be bringing that fact out. That, that's probably, yeah. Exactly. Not. I don't want to go straight in with that fact. Um, so, okay, one that maybe I could go straight in with. Um, is you said something ab- about uh, Britain, like British history. I mean, I suppose the Great Stink is also part of British history, although I don't remember studying that in school. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, t- t- tell us something else about uh, British history. Then. Well, one um, one fun sort of um, one fun story uh, um, that I think is a super interesting kind of uh, super interesting idea is how people in Britain got so obsessed with tea, right? Um, okay. And uh, I guess if you if you asked um, lots of people in Britain what the national drink was uh, of the country, people would say a cup of tea. Like we, people in Britain mm-hmm. drink a lot of tea. Um, yeah. And there's a there's a fun story about um, when Britain when Britain was basically trying to to find out how tea was produced in China, and there was a, a Scotsman uh, called uh, Robert Fortune who actually um, managed to disguise himself as a Chinese peasant. Um, I mean, I'm not quite sure exactly how that happened. Okay. Obviously, there are no, there are, there are no <laughs> exactly. pic- pictures from this from this time, but, uh, but apparently he got away with it. Uh, traveled deep into China to try and observe how tea was actually actually made um, and managed to escape. Uh, he, he had the discovery that um, green tea and black tea aren't actually two completely different plants. They're just they're just treated in a different way, um, and essentially that was one of the ways in which tea was kind of stolen from China. Uh, so we we sent a tea spy to to, to China to, to find out. I, I'm not I'm not sure if he was a kind of James Bond style official uh, <laughs> official tea spy, but he was certainly a man who um, who knew that uh, who knew that kind of finding out as much as he could do about tea would be a beneficial thing and uh and yeah he, he managed to do it I, I still i still can't quite believe that he managed to 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 um blend in with with all with all of the other chinese peasants being presumably a you know a, a scottish looking man um but yeah. but apparently he did and it and it worked <laughs> whatever he was using for a disguise uh yeah i what what a great impact he's had as well then. On... In, indeed, yeah, he's a, it's a it's a fun one. Um, yeah, I, I've got one. I've got another one about. Um, well, actually, I guess it's not a sort of fun fact, but it's a sort of something related to 
a bit related to um, learning English slash using English and and Britain. Okay. And this is actually from uh, from George Orwell, um, who mm-hmm. who your listeners might know as the the author of books like Animal Farm and 1984. Um, 1984, the year I was born. That's that's why I always say it was the greatest year because there's a book <laughs> that is named 1984. So it's a great year all round. Really. Yeah, uh, unless you're a character in the book. Yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but but uh, George Orwell um, was also yeah a, a famous journalist and an author, and he had uh, six rules for uh, like effective writing in English, um, mm-hmm. which which I thought could be a fun thing just to to share with yeah. people. Um, so I, I kind of go through them go through them quite quickly because there are six of them. The first one is to never use a metaphor, simile, or other figure of speech which you are used to seeing in print, um, basically because people just copy what they, uh, what other journalists write and he thinks that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Never use a long word where a short one will do, which is probably... Uh, I totally or, agree with that. I say on the podcast, I only know words that are a maximum of two syllables. Yeah, it's, it's probably probably anyone who's uh, uh, who's been spending too much time preparing for an IELTS exam is thinking what. Yeah. Uh, but 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 this is this is what one of the greatest writers in English said: um, if it is possible to cut a word out, always cut it out. Don't of course d- don't use too many words. Never use the passive when you can use the active. Absolutely. Never use a foreign phrase, a scientific word, or a jargon word if you can think of an everyday English equivalent. Absolutely. And last one, break any of these rules sooner than say anything outright barbarous. <laughs> so feel, feel, be happy to break those rules. Um, right. Shall I, I move on to some of the Italian ones? I, okay, yeah, I, let's, go, let's go to an Italian one. So these are, these are Italian, but these are also related to Britain. So okay. it's it's a kind of good combination, uh, a strange combination. Um, so uh, just I, just I, quickly on this oh. thing, because um, I know your wife is Italian as well. Does she also think you're strange for putting milk in your tea? Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Just double checking. Yeah. Same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. That, that's uh, that's uh, <laughs> it's, it's something that obviously Italians just really don't understand. No, they don't. Yeah. I but, I. I uh, uh, I, I think the greatest offence I've ever um, caused her actually was on one of our, our our first dates. I made pasta for her. Oh no, oh. sorry, actually, uh, other way around. She'd uh, she'd made pasta for me, and I, I asked her as a joke. I asked her if she had any ketchup. Um, and <laughs> get out, get out. Yeah, <laughs> almost that was the end of the relationship. Um, but but and to 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 underline that was a joke um anyway um so so let's let's move on to the the italian slash british ones um uh, a fun thing that um pe- perhaps your italian listeners might not even know about um garibaldi garibaldi um yeah. is that you know he was he was the famous italian kind of freedom fighter but uh, after he sort of retired almost he actually Re- retired from uh, fighting for freedom just retired, that's yeah, enough yeah, now yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so after the unification of italy he would kind of go on like uh, tours and stuff and one of these tours was actually to england and he was I, I i thought you were talking like a tour you know like a singer does like a concert and he just goes around telling everyone like kind of yeah i unified italy yeah, I think it was a bit like that. Although right. 
um, although people kind of knew what he was, what he was, what he'd done. Um, yeah. But he was so um, he was so popular. There were like mass crowds that would come out to see him in, in England, and apparently he was also such a like essentially like a sex icon that <laughs> um, that that um, people who were who would work in the hotels that he would stay in they would bottle they put the um they bottle his dirty bath water uh, so the water he'd used to have that bath they put it in a bottle and they would sell that because he was such a he was such an icon and so what we, we we think of this kind of cult of celebrity being uh, a modern thing but, yeah, right. uh, but but it but it was certainly alive and well in uh, uh yeah in in 1864 with garibaldi coming to london that is absolutely brilliant and now i know what i need to do to become a sex icon i just need to unify maybe if i could like maybe unify like england scotland wales into one country yeah and maybe i can be a sex icon as well it's not too late for me like the, the united united kingdom yeah well, well i mean yeah, yeah but oh, okay. just have it in one country though oh okay yeah or maybe yeah, yeah. maybe i could unify europe make that one country there are options alistair options yeah, available yeah. to me yeah yeah and uh, and once the unification is complete you will uh, you'll have plenty of people selling selling your bath water <laughs> um, exactly now no, that is a dream uh nice I, i've got another one about um which, uh, in fact two um uh, two more that are kind of Italian slash uh, slash British. So uh, the um, your your listeners may know about um, a great fire of London. So there was a great stink of London. There was also the great fire of London um, in 1666, where, where large parts of the of the old city were um, were destroyed. And one of the um, one of the major sources of information that exists about this is through a, a diarist, a, a writer called Samuel Pepys, and he was he was woken up by one of his servants to say, "There's a fire, you know, hey, you got to leave." Um, and he took lots of his belongings um, with him, but some he buried in his garden. Um, and okay. one fun thing that he buried in his garden, uh, he put his wine. Uh, he puts. Uh, uh, he wrote. Um, so I'm just quoting what he wrote. He, he said, "I did dig another hole and put our wine in it, and he put his parmesan cheese in it." <laughs> emergency stuff, yeah. Emergency stuff. So it's so a kind of fun thing that parmesan was such a such a delicacy, such a hugely valuable thing in the in the 17th century in England. That that was the one thing that he thought. Right, if, if everything's if everything's burning down, I've got to save my parmesan cheese. You know, this could wipe out all of the country. Yeah. I could have to start a new world kind of thing. What do I need? Well, I've got a bottle of wine and some Parmesan cheese. So exactly. we'll just go from there, really. L- life is complete. <laughs> um, uh, actually, the, the, the second, uh, the other fact on on um, on Italy isn't, isn't, isn't as fun. So I, I've, got, I've, got, uh, I've got some more that I can tell you about. I can tell you one about KFC in Japan. I can tell you one about... We've got some Japanese listeners, so KFC in Japan sounds great. Okay, this is probably something that uh, Japanese listeners might know about, but it's kind of a fun fact about like food in Japan. Um, so uh, at, um, Christmas Day, the 25th of December, is, is not a, a national holiday in Japan. Mm. Um, but uh, kind of miraculously, KFC, the 
Kentucky Fried Chicken, uh, the, the fast foods um, retailer, has managed to turn, uh, uh, um, basically kind of like steal Christmas almost uh, and turn that into a sort of national holiday for KFC. Um, so this apparently started with a marketing campaign in 1974 called, I'm probably going to m- mispronounce this, but let me try, Kurusu uh, Masu uh, Niwa Kentucky. Um, which Sounded good to me. <laughs> which which apparently means Kentucky for Christmas, um, and this this all comes from when there was there's a group of foreigners who were trying to find turkey um, in Japan for Christmas, but, but but couldn't find it, and KFC kind of seized on this opportunity to say uh, what you do to kind of participate in this culture of Christmas uh, if you're in Japan is you eat KFC. Um, and and apparently every every year there are big lines out of the door with people um, with people going to eat KFC on Christmas Day in Japan, um, and it's uh, to this day it's one of the most profitable days for KFC in Japan. Whoever was in charge of that marketing campaign really earned his money then, didn't he or her? <laughs> I think they, they certainly did. Yeah, so that, yeah. That, that's a fun one. Um, do you want to do you want to hear something about the? Um, the great, the most prolific art thief of all time. Okay, this is actually going to have to be our last one because I need to go. But okay, I okay, definitely fine. want to hear about a prolific art thief. So, so this is kind of it's a I guess like a fun but also uh, a sad story. Um, okay. So, so when you when at least when I think of what would the world's most um, dangerous art thief be, perhaps you think of uh, criminal gangs, um, mm. kind of. Bursting into art galleries, you know, machine guns, or um, uh, all that kind of stuff. But uh, there's actually a French guy called Stéphane Breitweiser, who, um, over the course of six years, he stole almost a billion euros worth of art um, from from galleries all over all over Europe. Um, and the the kind of strange thing for me is that he didn't sell any of it; uh, he just kept it. Uh, he was a bit like a like a magpie, right? The, uh, the, the, the those birds that uh, that kind of collect shiny things, and he wanted to just collect as much valuable art as possible, and 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 he would go kind of almost every weekend. Like you might go to go to the park, or you know go to the beach, or or do something else. He would go to a museum and, and steal stuff. And just steal stuff, yeah. And and he had this uh, he had this kind of room. He, he lived with his um, uh, he lived with his mother, um, and, and, and so it's kind of it's just a strange thing to think that you have uh, um, you have a kind of you know, mother living with her I think thirty year old son or so, uh, and everyone everyone thinks that you know he's sort of out of work and and uh, wishes that he was going to do something with his life, and he's got this secret room with over a billion euros of valuable art just kind of sitting there uh so it's a really funny kind of sad, sad and kind of yeah strange story and um, he, and he, his mum i can imagine just saying like you know what have you got in that room oh nothing don't worry mum. nothing nothing yeah, don't yeah. worry well well, well the, the the sort of the, the end of the story really is that um he was he captured and when they uh when they found out that he um uh, when they kind of started to, to put two and two together and figure actually he might not have just stolen from this one museum maybe he's responsible for all these other ones by the time 
they got to searching his house. His mum had got to his bedroom and she'd thrown everything out. She destroyed a lot of this, uh, you know, oh. th- 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 this, this priceless art. Um, so she was actually sent to prison too, if I recall correctly. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he's he he is uh, uh, he's what I think we call a kleptomaniac. Like he he just can't stop because he he was sent to prison and he came out and he was caught again. And I think he was sent back and I think he's he's been caught again stealing. So I um I think for him uh, stealing art is just a, a way of life. Yeah, a way of life. <laughs> not recommended, but uh... certainly not recommended. A way of life. Um, I hope his mum is free now um, because I, f- I kind of feel sorry for her getting kind of caught up in this. Uh, I I think she is free. Um, right. Yes. She's yeah. not stealing. She's not stealing. No, no, no. no. Or, or, I, or throwing art out the window. Maybe she just goes to museums and just starts throwing it out the window. Yeah. That, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, think she, I think she's thrown all of the art she can out of the window. Um, and, and, yeah, <laughs> There's only so much some... you can throw out the window, isn't there? You, you get yeah. to a point where it's just too much. You, you've done a billion euros worth and, <laughs> yeah. and there's none left. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, well, Alice, I mean, this has been absolutely amazing. I definitely am going to be a more interesting person at parties now. Some people might talk to me. Um, but obviously, you've got lots more of these on your podcast. So tell people where they can find out more about you. Sure. So if you are a podcast, if you are a podcast listener, and I guess if you're listening to this, you are a podcast listener, then you can just search for English Learning for Curious Minds in your in your podcast mm-hmm. app and you should see it there. Okay, excellent. So, well, thanks again, Alistair, for coming on and sharing all of these brilliant facts with us. And uh, hopefully we'll see you soon. Thanks so much, Martin. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, so that was me talking to Alistair about all weird and wonderful things. I hope you enjoyed it. Remember to go and check him out. I will put all of the links to Alistair's stuff in the show notes, which is rockandrollenglish.com slash episode 271. And one quick thing about these episodes. Remember, this is bonus content. This is extra content, okay? Because nearly I almost didn't find someone to make a podcast with this week but then I felt under a lot of pressure and thought oh my god I need to make the podcast so if there is ever a Monday for these Mondays and there is no podcast please forgive me okay but anyway so yes I hope you enjoyed the podcast as much as I did remember to go and check out Alistair I will talk to you all very soon people but in the meantime just keep on rocking baby Thanks so much for listening to Rock and Roll English. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit rockandrollenglish.com and facebook.com slash rockandrollenglish. We'll catch you next time.